Helpful in part by the Mabel Wadsworth Women's Health Center, providing comprehensive reproductive and sexual health services for all women of all ages at all stages since 1984. Insurance, main care, Deergo, and self-pay accepted. MabelWadsworth.org. Art does not solve problems, but makes us aware of their existence. It opens our eyes to see and our brain to imagine. At WERU, we know the importance of art and culture. Each Wednesday at 4 p.m., a variety of volunteer producers bring listeners 30 minutes of voices. Midcoast Maine and Down East Maine's only half-hour-long arts and culture radio magazine. If this is the kind of program is important to you, I hope you will pledge your support now. Call one 800 643-6273 or pledge online at weru.org Support for WERU comes from Penelope Shar, MD integrative medicine practice in Bangor offering detoxification, intravenous vitamins, bioidentical hormone therapies, and more on the web at optionsinhealing.com or 217-8878. One minute past 10 o'clock. This is Community Radio, WERU FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor and streaming worldwide at weru.org. Stay tuned for healthy options. Welcome to Healthy Options, a program about integrative health therapies. We are uh, operating during our pledge drive right now, and because you're listening to this program right this very minute and other programs on WERU, um, this must mean something to you, whether this is a topic you care deeply about or one that you simply find interesting. You are listening this morning to Healthy Options, so please call 1-800-643-6273 or give online at www.weru.org. Thank you. I'm Andre Bella. I'm your host this morning for Healthy Options. And we'll be speaking with Joseph Pierce Farrell, author of the best-selling book, Manifesting Michelangelo, the story of a modern-day miracle that may make all change possible. Just a reminder that this is a live call-in show. During the second half of the show, the phone lines will be open. So please call us with your questions and comments. That number is 866-625-9378. Joseph Pierce Farrell is an internationally recognized pioneer in the field of integrative health care. He's known for his landmark research in documenting the efficacy of spiritually-based interventions to achieve tangible health benefits in both soft and hard tissue. He is currently the director of the Institute of Spirituality and Healthcare in Princeton, New Jersey. He lectures internationally on the benefits of integrating spirituality into healthcare for improved patient outcomes. And he is the author of the nonfiction bestseller, uh, Manifesting Michelangelo, published by Simon & Schuster in 2011. Welcome, Mr. Farrell. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, Thank you, uh, Andre. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Here on this show, we've talked a lot about the interface of spirituality and healthcare. 
and perhaps in a sense we're all healers if we look at healing as anything that a person uh, makes a person feel better physically or mentally. But what you do is quite extraordinary to say the least. In the introduction of your book, Dr. Frank Salvatore writes, I witness the effective intervention of a modality not known by Western medicine. Joseph was transforming human tissue through intervention within a matter of minutes. Would you talk about, just you know, briefly tell us, what is this very special gift that you have that most of us don't have? Um, actually, I, I, I think we all have the capacity to be healers, and I think some of us have the capacity to be great healers. And I think there are probably great healers uh, in your local coffee shop, and I think they're all over the place. But, but the... Um, the other media, uh, and, and and I'm not speaking about healthy options, but other other mainstream media hasn't yet uh, acknowledged the efficacy uh, of healing because there there is a bit of a poverty of, of evidence. So what I'm excited about is the pioneers and the brave physicians, healers, scientists, and just great thinkers who are out there and who are pushing the envelope and who are doing research and who are actually taking the time um, and spending the money to document uh, scientifically the efficacy of healers to achieve tangible health benefits. Now, when you read the little preface for the book, uh, a, a very, very interesting thing is watching physicians trained at Harvard, trained at Duke, trained at Princeton, walking into a room and seeing tissue change before their eyes. Now, watching their minds, at that moment, it's a very, very interesting phenomenon because what they're trying to do is reconcile what they're seeing with what they've been taught. I, I can and only imagine what that's like. <laughs> it's very interesting, and you have to have a lot of empathy for the, for the, uh, for the allopathically Western-trained physicians when they see this because they've been, they, they haven't been taught this is possible. They've actually been taught that this is not possible. So That has to be quite a, a mind-bending experience. It is, and I'll tell you a great story. I did have a, um, a physician <laughs> come into our offices one time at the Institute to, to actually watch rapid, rapid wound healing happen. And he came in um, with, with a little bit of an open mind, but based on his uh, body language. His arms were crossed. He was standing there, had a bit of a, bit of a grimace on his face. And we began this procedure on this participant in this study and the tissue began to change before his eyes. And the cameras were rolling, and all of a sudden he let out a, a, a string of about three curses. And I was, I was very upset because I was taping this, and, and, and we had this wonderful camera crew from, from the, the cameraman from, um, that works with Dr. Oz at New York Presbyterian was in filming it, and I was so upset because we had this string of curses of the physician watching this. But the cameraman said, don't worry, JP, this is good when a board-certified surgeon begins to curse, seeing something, uh, seeing something as 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 mind-altering, and uh, as this, uh, that's a good thing. So, um, so it's a good thing. But but absolutely, they uh, when they do see something uh, for the first time, um, it is it is mind-altering. Exactly. Um, I, I want to kind of go back a little bit, um, especially to your book, Manifesting Michelangelo. Um, it, you tell an extremely compelling story there 
of the events in your life that led up to your discovery that you had this unusual ability to heal people. I mean, otherwise, I, I, you know, you don't want people to think, well, one day you just suddenly woke up and discovered that you could do this. So I, I can you can you go back and just tell your story a little bit because it's quite a compelling story. Um. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I, I end my book where where my, my editor at Simon Schuster asked me to credit the um, the people who uh, inspired me or or taught me things or things that I learned. And you know, the saying, "What comes first, the chicken or the egg?" So, I rather than leaving anyone out, I just listed the forty different people that I had met and um, read books, uh, read their books. Uh, heard what they were doing and different people that influenced me and, and allowed me uh, my mind to, let's say, loosen the shackles of the uh, material paradigm to think that this is possible. So, you know, you're looking at the great the great spiritual uh, healers uh, going back in time and then some great scientists. And, uh, you know, the, the we now, and I'm living actually right now in Princeton, and I'm actually a hop and skip away from Einstein's uh, home. And Einstein, you know, uh, let us know that we only use, you know, what, 5 to 8% of our brain. So we do have all these late and wonderful capacities. Now, looking, and to answer your question, how did this happen? Um, I can only speculate. But I will say that um, as a child, um, I enjoyed just taking time and getting out in nature and uh, going down and sitting uh, sitting by the sea and just taking time to, to just to unplug from from the world, unplug from the TV and the radio and and all the messaging that's given, sent to us. And just have time to, to sit and be. And, and I found that when I would sit in nature, that um, um, that it was as if my mind, my consciousness would expand uh, greater than, than, let's say, the barriers of my skin. And I would just feel that I was, you know, became became with one or with one with, 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 with nature at that moment. And and I would notice when I would go and sit in the marsh that after 30 minutes, the animals and uh, the raccoons and the ducks and different things would would begin to accept me in in in, in nature. So I, I think I think that we have to do our inner work, and then I think we also have to do have to train to uh, to become uh, above average healers. But to, get to but there were decisions, there were landmarks in my life. Uh, uh, in, in selecting when yeah, I, I first... mean, lest, lest everyone think that this was a, a smooth spiritual path without any um, wise in the road that didn't work out so well. Uh, you know, people love personal stories, and, and you have some really good ones in your book. So continue on well, that line. I like that. Okay. Um, I, I was told when I was, a, when I was a child, when I was a teenager, and I was in... Um, God, I went to see my guidance counselor. There I was. I was all excited. Here I was going to meet this professional who had these diplomas and these uh, documents on the wall that that he was a guidance counselor and he was going to help me to to achieve to you know to uh, to reach you know my star. And I was so excited. There I was, at, you know, maybe 15 years old, going in to see this professional, and he was going to help me get to where I want. And I sat down, and he said, "Mr. Farrell, what is it you want to be when you when you when you grow up when you're an adult?" And I said, wow. I said, well, I want to heal people. Um, and he looked at me and he said, well, you have, a, you have a fairly high IQ, but you have a little dyslexia and whatever, and you'll never achieve that goal. So why don't you shoot lower? I was like, wow. And then he said. That had to well, be crushing. 
Well, I was. I was crushed. I, I was. It, it, I felt like the wind had been sucked out of me. And then he said, "Well, what's your backup plan?" And I said, "Well, the school did a trip to the UN. Maybe I would like to to help be like a peacemaker in the world and help some way to open up a conversation between you know different adverse groups." And he says, "That's not going to happen either. You know, maybe maybe handyman, maybe maybe cleaning." And I I, I walked out of there. Um, I walked out of there. Uh, Thinking, well, I'll never achieve my goal of making a contribution in healthcare, and I'll never achieve my other goal of 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 helping out at the United Nations, and you know, in some way to uh, to be a bridge builder. And you know, um, and as I, I as I left his office, I saw the other young you know uh, spirits in the room, and and they had a light in their eye, and I thought that soon they were going to go in there and be told to perhaps not pursue their dreams. And, and, and I have to laugh because I, I told the story recently and I reach into my wallet and, and my, my card says, you know, Joseph Pierce Farrell, uh, director of uh, research of spiritually based interventions in clinical care, uh, the Institute in Princeton and the, the ambassador's chair in consciousness studies. So I now have an endowed chair in healthcare, And I was also appointed as a representative to, to the United Nations several years ago um, as an advisor on um, spirituality um, and uh, spirituality and values and global concerns. So I, I actually <laughs> achieved so, both of those goals that I, that and, I wanted. And then to. some, I, I would say, yeah. Um, but, but talk about a little bit, you know, about um, what, what happened after you left his office. What happened career-wise? And how did you end up where you are now? Because there's that very interesting story in between there. Well, when I was told, when I was told, you know, fifteen, sixteen, that that it would never happen, I, uh, I, I, I asked my dad, and he said, "Well, you know, we we have people in the family who are in the military and who are in the shipping industry, and they said, you, if you go and you learn maybe uh, to be a, mar- a maritime officer, you you will have a job when you when you get out of school." So I entered the the, the maritime college and uh, attended there for four years. But while I was there. There was this lovely uh, ship's physician, and um, I uh, volunteered, and I went into the medical corps in the hospital, Navy hospital corpsman program, and I loved it. And I uh, and the ship's physician uh, liked me, and he said, "Well, I'll let you be my my assistant." So I became the assistant to the ship's physician, and I learned um, you know everything from minor surgery to uh, to scrapes, burns, and different things. And I loved it, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it, as opposed to studying, you know, business and and import export. So, um, as <laughs> so anyway, you, uh, I really, really loved being it. And then while we were there, um, that was during the um, we were about to. Um, uh, I, I don't know which country we were invading that 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 month, whatever. But I can't remember. Um, um, but they basically said we were uh, nearing. Um, Graduation, and they basically said everybody at the academy. And I was, I was, it was my fourth year, two weeks before graduation, and uh, they said that everybody currently at the Maritime uh, College will have to take this pledge, and which basically says, if asked, I will, I will, I will join the armed forces, and I will go and do this. And uh, basically, the agreement I had when I entered was that uh, when I got out, I would work in the private sector. And use the skills that I had learned at, at school. So, I, I, at that point in my life, I was 22, 23, and I felt more like a more like a healer, have, having worked in the 
in the uh, sick bay and have worked with a hospital chaplain, I mean hospital physician, I felt more like a healer than a warrior, and I decided not to, um, to pursue the military, but decide to be a healer as opposed to uh, a warrior. And I'm not saying, I, I'm, I think we need warriors, and I, I think we need the first responders, and certainly need police officers to respond, but we also need healers, so, so I made that decision. But it, but it was it was years later that I actually left business and actually pursued, um, decided that I would pursue uh, pursue a, a life and a career in healing, and, and that was interesting. I, I found and, that so uh, interesting in the book because we always think the path is so straight, and obviously in your story it, it, it still wasn't there. I mean, you didn't you didn't go from. 22 to just going into this work you went you went into business and and what did you do in business and well, what I what happened in, to that career well i worked in business for for um for maybe 14 years and i um i had a company jp farrell investment consulting appraisal of real property i worked in uh real estate in new york city and i had a fancy suit and gucci loafers and i i would walk into the building and i heard the click clack of my gucci loafers on the marble floor and and uh, I thought, hey, look, I've arrived to look at, I have a nice suit, a nice, I had a Rolex watch, and, but I felt empty inside. And uh, I would have lunch with some of the brokers, and they basically felt like they were uh, basically supermen of the universe. But, but in closer inspection, they really didn't have much going on, and they were pretty unhappy people. So uh, basically, it was interesting because I, I w- was getting a haircut, and I was reading this book. Um, uh, about the Gnostic Gospels, and there was this little quote in there that said, "If you bring forth what's within you, what you bring forth will save you." And it kind of struck me in that I had this inner healer in me that had been suppressed, or you know, since childhood, since since I was fourteen. And I said, "You know what?" I said, "That's it." And I turned in my resignation in business. I left that office, and the next day I sat, I sat in my apartment. I said, "I am going to find a career." In, in, in health in healthcare, and I don't know what it is. So I ordered a book and to go to med school. I ordered one for chiropractic, one for acupuncture, uh, one for uh, all different different things. But none of them, none of these catalogs that sat in front of me really resonated with me. And I didn't know which modality that I would select. So rather, <laughs> so what I did was I, I cleared out a room in my apartment. I said, I will, I will. People will be healed in here. And I had a uh, an empty diploma frame, and I said, I don't, I don't know what my certificate will say on it, but I will be helping and healing people in this room. You know, and, one of the things about your story that I that I do find really interesting from the human perspective is that you talk about um, when you left the real estate investment business, there there was that event, and I've had so many people talk about this where they kind of feel uncomfortable in their career, they kind of feel like what they're doing isn't quite right, and it takes sort of some crashing well, we'd usually call it bad, negative event before they have a real heads up. And I think yours was uh, you got gypped out of a big commission on, on something that you oh, were doing. And uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I find that an interesting pattern. I hear that in people's lives and because, of course, we think something really bad happens and it's really bad. But sometimes something we call bad is really what gives us the motivation to do what we really are meant to do. Yeah, uh, there was there was there was a circumstance where, um, I, you know, I was everybody was going away for the holidays and people were married. I wasn't married at the time, uh, and um, people all had things to do. And I was in the office and 
um, I met a, a client from uh, Italy and who was in New York, and since I was the only one there, I figured I'd work with that person for days and days and days, and I was able to get a meeting in the mind, put a deal together, and uh, based on that, um, I was due a, uh, a sizable commission. And um, then after the, after uh, I put all the paperwork in, uh, basically somebody in my department, senior to me, basically put their name on the document. And um, basically when I went in, the, the check was made out to that person, and I was given like a little referral or something like that. And <laughs> I, I went to the vice president and I said, oh, my God, look what happened. Somebody has attempted to... Uh, to do, to do this, and he looked at me, and he just kind of smiled, and he said, well, you know, basically, well, that person's senior to you, and I'm not going to step in there and whatever, and I, I was just, uh, it was a real awakening in, in this corporate mentality that mm-hmm. uh, basically that more, um, that, you know, in, 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 in a corporate business, you know, um, morality is contraband. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was in shock, and even though I, yeah. I could have done continue to do very well I, I just didn't want to be to be in a place where 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 um where where that amount of deceit and stuff was was accepted as acceptable behavior well and I mean, it seems it, at that point it was it was clear you knew that it was clearly time for you to leave yeah i, I had i had to leave yeah. so anyway here we well, so let's I wanna, go on because okay i just want to remind people who might have uh tuned in a little bit late that we are talking to joseph pierce farrell um the author of the book manifesting michael angelo and this is healthy options on weru that's 89.9 blue hill and 99.9 bangor and we are during our doing our pledge drive so i just want to remind you that when you donate to weru you're supporting a diverse collection of news information conversations like the one that we're having this morning and commentary that's produced right here in our community so if this appeals to you if you just love listening to healthy options and other public affairs shows please call 1-800-643-6273 or give online at www.weru.org and thank you and we're going to continue right now with Joseph Pierce Farrell on the very uh, interesting story of how he became a healer. So let's pick up where we left off. You've left real estate. You're sitting in your office and you're, um, you're imagining that this is going to be a space where you're going to heal people. And you're looking at this variety of, you know, kind of the, is it the buckshot method of looking at, well, is it, is it medical? Is it chiropractic? Is it whatever? So pick up right there where we left off. Okay. So there I am. I'm, I'm about 29, 30 years old or maybe a couple, right around that period. I go out for dinner with my girlfriend. She said, uh, what's new? How are you doing? How's the weekend? And I said, the momentous weekend. I've decided to leave business and I'm going to pursue a career in healing. And she looked at me and the, uh, the, the um, <laughs> a crouton yes. <laughs> fell off her fork. And she looked at me <laughs> into my eyes and she said, you mean as a hobby? And I said, no, I mean as a career. And uh, She must and have I thought you had lost your mind. Uh, yeah. And she was basically, check please, I won't be staying for dessert. I never saw her again. <laughs> I think she went off and married a, um, a stockbroker. And I think she's, she's divorced now. But... Um, uh, so anyway, okay. So let's 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 fast track because we've we've been talking about what's right. going on. Now let's talk about let's get down to brass tacks here. Yeah. So about um, six months later, 
I, I was sitting in my basement and I was restoring a statue. It was a statue that was missing the nose, and it was for um, it was a, it was a church carving, and it was missing a nose. So I'm sitting in my I like to re, I like to do a little woodwork on the weekends. So I was restoring the statue, <clears throat> and as I was restoring it, it was like you know, and I just broke up with my girlfriend, and I was a little sad, feeling a little sorry for myself. And anyone who has a hobby, whether they're gardening or woodwork or or what or writing, you know, you can get lost lost you can lose track of time. So I was in my basement and I was restoring uh, the nose on this broken statue. And as I was doing it, um, I just started like talking to the universe, talking to God, whatever, and saying, wouldn't it be great if I could use my gift to, to carve and, and repair things and use that to, to heal people? And at that moment, I had an epiphany. And um, the epiphany is described in my book. But what happened was within, within a matter of days, um, uh, and, it, and, and the physicians in my book um, explain, and I'm not going to boast, and I'm not going to say what, what I'm currently doing, but I'll look to their words. So in the first chapter of the book, it said, um, as I am a physician, uh, so-and-so, 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 uh, what I witnessed was uh, uh, Joseph wielding spirit with the accuracy of a world-class sculptor changing human tissue before my eyes. So I, I had this epiphany, and uh, I asked for the ability to do this, and I was in a deep meditative state, and I asked, and uh, apparently the, <laughs> and the chapter in the book is called Knocking on Heaven's Door, and the it's kind of funny listens. because I talk to scientists and physicians and the clergy, and they all say, well, look, you knocked on the door, and someone heard, heard, well, heard, heard what you were asking for, and they granted it to you. So, so lo and behold, there I was in a deep meditative state, had, holding this desire since the time I was a teenager, to be able to heal people, and simply being on the path, searching, 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 there in a deep meditative state, doing some woodworking, talking to whatever, a higher power, God, whatever, and, and, and thinking to myself in a deep meditative state, wouldn't it be great if I could heal people with, with, the, same, with, with the same degree that I could repair a broken statue? And within days, I was able to actually do what I had asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this, it is, this is a, a truly amazing story. Um, now, once once you have these abilities and then you're actually healing people, there's still this kind of very rocky road, I would think, especially for you personally, because right. this is not a thing that's easily accepted. And I, I think you talked about the, the poverty of evidence about this kind of thing happening. So right. as you kept doing this, like what, what kinds of, of case studies um, have you done and how have you documented those? I know you have a wonderful uh, YouTube made by, is it Wishingrad Pictures? Um, that that it's really on, is on, excellent. On YouTube, if you just uh, search Joseph Pierce Farrell, I have about eight or nine videos on there with medical doctors and participants studies, all talking about everything from repairing disfigured faces to to healing shattered bones um, to um, to a whole host of things. And medical doctors explaining what they're watching. It's, it's, it's interesting. But, but, but here we have, we, we have kind of a cognitive dissonance. So I'm doing this for a couple of years. Um, people are hearing about what I'm doing, and, and I didn't have a website, didn't have a phone number, nothing. But people are coming to, New York, to my New York office. A, a lot of medical doctors are interested to come and watch. So the one medical doctor who's a professor at Harvard came down to watch, and uh, he, was, he was astonished. So he invited me up to Cambridge to present my work in a room. <laughs> 
And it was interesting because we had pre and post uh, images of disfigured uh, faces that had been healed and looked normal and pictures of shattered bones, Montasia fractures, bones that had been shattered in like five cracks that had been just, just healed. And it was interesting because as a physician... And, and, and explain, in, in what amount of time does this take place? Because I think this is part of it that I find the most phenomenal. I mean, we've all heard about right. healers and over, you know, no. 10 months and 10 years and whatever, right. people get better. But explain what is so very exceptional about what you're talking about. Yeah, well, it, 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 it is shocking because yes. uh, it happens within... It's, it, it's rapid wound healing. It happens within minutes. It's, it's like watching... Um, uh, accelerated time elapsed photography. You can actually sit and watch it happen before your eyes, and that's why the surgeons will let out a string of curses when they see the tissue begin to move before their eyes. I can so only imagine can what he it. said. Yes. <laughs> yeah, watch it in real time and watch this happen. And we, I, me, and, and someone else that that I'm working with, we've we've done several hundreds of these before before the surgeons and physicians. We're currently working on a documentary at the Institute for Spiritual and Healthcare in Princeton. And the documentary is called The Changing Face of Healthcare. And The Changing Face of Healthcare is a double entendre because in, the, in this documentary, we will be visiting you know, physicians um, who have been brave enough to stand up and, and testify to what they've seen and put their credentials on the line. At the same time, we'll meet the, look, at the, look at the participants in the study before when they're disfigured or shattered bones and then listen to them afterwards and see their x-rays of the healed bones and the disfigured faces healed. And then what we're going to do is we're going, we're, we have, we've engaged um, a Emmy-nominated cinematographer, um, the one who got the A for his Emmy Award for, <clears throat> for the Learning Channel, and uh, we're actually going to put this in the documentary and then put this out there. Now, when the, is this going to be coming out? Um, well, it's in, it's, in, it's in production right now, uh-huh, and okay. we, we have several hours in the can, and we'll time it when we put it out. And we're, we're Probably working with within other, the next year. Uh, that would be nice. <laughs> I was, you okay. know, on our website, spiritualityandhealthcare.org, we list, um, you know, we have a little portal there for, for the progress on it. And um, it's, uh, we're, we're not, we're, we're trying to keep it really clean and keep people from, from altering the message. So we're, it's, it's being raised through grass, you know, just through grassroots funding. But uh, it's, 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 it's making, uh, we've got several hours in the can and it's, it's pretty provocative, pretty provocative stuff. It's pretty, and I think it will have a, a big impact in the uh, in the argument people are having in their coffee shops or in the hospitals of just what are the limits that we as humans have to heal. And currently, it's very interesting because about a year ago, if you were to go on different websites like the NIH or different websites, and, and you brought up spirituality and health or spirituality and healthcare, and it would basically say. Spirituality is, is, is a nice component of healthcare. It can assist people in coping with disease. And, so, and like, then, it's kind of good bedside oh, manner. Oh, that's, oh, that's what they're Very doing. good. Okay. That was the extent of it. Yeah. But then recently, uh, they've extended the efficacy of, 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 of healing to healing is lovely. Uh, it can help you cope. And it can perhaps <clears throat> lower stress. stress. Um, but actually, the truth is, and... Um, if you were to query, you know, 50 people in a room, they would tell you, they would probably tell you beautiful, amazing healing stories. The truth is, and I'll say this right now, that spirit, that spiritually based practices and spiritually based interventions have the efficacy to more more than just cope. They have the efficacy to 
heal the lame, heal the disfigured, and cast out, um, you know, emotional uh, issues. And when I say heal the lame, I mean fuse shattered bones. You're, you're um, talking literally. Yeah. Break down scar tissue. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, achieve rapid anti-inflammation <clears throat> in joints and limbs. And um, heal the disfigured, heal the lame, save lives, save limbs, restore the faces of disfigured people. And these, you know, people have been doing this for thousands of years. There are stories, you know, just think if we had a video camera when that, uh, uh, when that wonderful uh, rabbi was walking around uh, Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Wouldn't, wouldn't it have been great yeah. if we had a yeah. high-def video camera following him? But, I, uh, I find this so interesting because we uh, we live in such a scientific culture, which in a sense um, it keeps us in believing in these things, but also it helps us to believe in these things because now we have the technology to right. actually, in a sense, prove that this is true. And, and we've all been kind of brought up on that idea that seeing's believing. So if, if you can actually watch this and, and see right. this, then, yeah. um, you know, then what can you do? How can, how can you, you deny this? Um, sure. I do want to remind our listeners that I see the light flashing already, that this is a live call-in show. That call-in number is 866-625-9378. This is Healthy Options on WERU. And we're talking with Joseph Pierce Farrell. And uh, so please do call with your questions and comments. And we do have a caller on the line. Caller, can you tell us where you're from? And then go ahead right with your question. Good morning. This is Yo in Tremont. I have known for a long time these spiritual healing abilities are latent in all persons. However, as your experience with your guidance counselor illustrates, capitalist consumer culture has the effect of dumbing down the people so they do not turn to their inherent inner strength. What could you suggest to listeners to reduce the ideological interference, the electronic buzzing, the media noise designed to distract us all from inner awareness and community consciousness. Thank you for putting on this program, and thank you to everyone for supporting Community Radio. What a what a, what a brilliant and, and eloquently uh, poised question. Um, uh, to answer that to answer that question, I really do think that we all do have this latent capacity, and I think that. It's a it's a, a very uh, profound um, sacred inheritance that we all have, and we need to reclaim that sacred inheritance, and um, and know that we are far greater than we have been told, and uh, perhaps um, uh, brainwashed, and I don't want to use that word to think that we are not as not not profoundly uh, powerful. I I know that um, I have uh, had the uh, well, I would not say the privilege, but uh, I've had meetings with um, nobility and billionaires, and and they will say to me, you know, who can do this? Is it just nobility or just billionaires or special people? And I would say, no, this is this is a gift that we all have an inherent ability to heal at the level of the miraculous. This just needs to be um, people need to to accept this, and that's part of my message: is that the path to higher states of consciousness is not an intellectual pursuit. It is a spiritual pursuit, and this is the beautiful thing. I presented, give a lecture in London, and somebody asked me, when will other people be doing this at this level of, like, altering tissue and matter? And I said, well, 
several years ago, uh, they've been running the marathon for 3,000 years in the Olympics. And for those 3,000 years, it was believed impossible to run a four-minute mile. But when Roger, Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile, you know, what, 20, 30, 40 years ago, um, I said to this room in London, what happened the next year? And people said, well, eight other people broke the four-minute mile. And then I said to the room, why were eight other people able to replicate and duplicate this miraculous event the next year? And smart audience, and they basically said, because they now knew it was possible. So part of my message is that this is possible. Healing can do more than cope. It can fuse bone. <laughs> it, can heal, it can heal lacerations. It can reduce inflammation. Uh, it can retard aging. Uh, it, can do, it can do things that... Um, you know, all those stories that, that you read as a child, miraculous stories, um, there's a lot of truth in them. And, 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 and Andre, you said something earlier about um, the science. And science now with quantum, with, 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 uh, quantum physics, we now know that, um, uh, that, that we are all just vibrating molecules and that these things are possible. When we look at Max Planck and we look at this whole concept of the Nobel Prize was offered, you know, on the idea of the observer effect and for those, uh, more familiar with it, the way it was explained to me, uh, the observer affects the, looks at the observed, and as the observer, the person looks at the target, the observed, the observer is affecting the observed on a molecular level, changing the vibration. Yeah, so, so if you have so, somebody who's training and they're doing, they're they're doing, let's say, uh, a, a a spiritual or a meditative um, practice that's allowing them to achieve a higher state of consciousness and. Uh, and getting that, as that caller said, that noise out of their head and all that nonsense out and getting focused, and then they focus on a target, um, some people are able to alter the human tissue, and some people could perhaps create some warmth or some buzzing. But um, I, those people who are listening and who are studying to be healers, I would say keep practicing and know it's possible. And um, you, uh, In your book, you have your five steps for doing this. So I... I would, you know, anyone who is interested in knowing more in depth about how you you lay this out very precisely in your book right. of these five right. steps to take, and and that they're not just to become a healer; they're to manifest whatever that unique ability is that that we all have, and then through all that interconnectedness about right. how we ideally, ultimately, in oneness, help each other. Well, that's, that's the thing. You know, our, our inherent power, our inherent capacity to manifest on the level of the miraculous is uh, applicable not only in healthcare, but in politics and, and business and in science and everything. And I, and I open up the book with, with, um, with, with, and I list like five or six different people who have manifested great things and gifts for humanity. And as I went and I looked at their lives, I, I noticed that they all followed five different steps. And those steps are they would they would look, decide, connect, act, and manifest. And I'll just break that down. The first step is to look. A lot of people don't know what their purpose is. <laughs> and and when I say look, um, the first step is to find out what it is. So you're going to look. And when I say look, you're going to look around you, and you can look inside of you. And a lot of people, they might look around, but you need to look inside. You need to find that thing, maybe that pet peeve or that pet passion or that thing inside of you that's sitting there burning like when I was a child and I wanted to be a healer, you know, find out what that thing is. And it could be, it could be, let's say, mothers against drunk driving or let's say uh, 
people, the suffrage movement, people who said women need to have a vote or, or people of color saying, like, look, we need to have, we need to be able to have the, the right to drink uh, from a water fountain and to uh, enter public office and go to college. So you, you find your thing, you find that reason, uh, what you're created for. And, and that is like a little seed. That's like a little gift inside of you. And, and if you don't pick that up, you don't pick up your, uh, <laughs> that thing you were created to do, it's, it's a sin because you're, 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 you're not hitting your mark. You're not actually picking up that thing. So look, so take time, look inside of you, find out that thing, find out your passion, and, and look, look around you and find that thing that you feel very passionate about. And then after you look, then you have to make a decision. And uh, that decision is you're making a covenant with yourself. You're making a covenant yourself with, with whether, I don't know if you're spiritual, you know, with, with your spiritual tradition or with God. You make a covenant. You say, I'm going to do this. So you make a decision. Uh, a lot of people sit on a fence and they look around and they have feelings, but they don't make any decisions. So you're going to look, find it, and you're going to make a decision. After you make a decision, then what you're going to do is you're going to connect. And when I say connect, uh, many authors now are, uh, speak and scientists and religious leaders and spiritual leaders and mind-body leaders say that there is this quantum field, this uh, higher power, this source, this word that's in every belief system, whether it's prana, ki, chi, spirit, you can tap into this. And there's a lot of research being done now in, in science trying to tap into this to this quantum field that, that exists out there, or ki, or chi, or prana, or spirit. We tap into that. And I used to do that as a child. I would practice allowing myself to become one with with this vibrating pulse that that is make, that makes the... That is, that, that, that now scientists can now feel that it's actually happening. So we, we tap, so we look, we decide, we connect, you know, we tap into this. Look, decide, connect. And then the next thing is you have to act. You have to get off your couch, okay? And whether that means to, to stop drunk driving or to end, end, end some heinous thing, you have to act. You know, you have to get off your couch. So, so I, think it, I think it's interesting that the action is actually yep. not one of, the, say, the first two steps. Because I yep. think a lot of us, especially in this Western culture, when we're so um, attached to the idea of efficiency and time, that we kind of right. rush into things and we don't do those first steps, which are so very, very important because otherwise you're just reacting to things. You're not really... You have to think it out. Yeah. You have to think yeah. it out. Whether whether you're going to go camping or you're going to go on a trip, you have to pack the sandwich, kick ass. Now, they say Michelangelo used to look at a piece of Carrera marble. He'd study it for three days before he'd pick up a chisel and hammer before he'd make a plan. Now, and I, you know, we talk about act, and, and, you know, it's interesting because Martin Luther King once said, he said, you don't have to see the top of the staircase to get there. You just have to take this, the first step in, in faith. You make a decision, you connect, and you take a step. So, so you take a you take a step, and every time you take a step, um, your 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 horizon moves moves a little bit further, and you can see in the landscape changes. Mm-hmm. Well, so we're, we're going to take one little step here because we have a caller on the line. Caller, are yes. you there? And would you just um, uh, tell us where you're from and go ahead with your question? Hi, um, I'm I'm calling. Uh, I, I, I'm very excited to hear you. Uh, I, uh, Andre told me about you and I read, um, your book and, um, I, it just was so exciting and it confirmed a lot of things that I have always felt were probably the case. Um, 
I've had some experiences. I went to medical school, and it used to be when I would walk through the threshold of somebody's, um, a patient's room, I would get all this information about uh, what was going on, what the diagnosis was, and things that I didn't even know anything about. Um, and I've been to your website, and uh, I saw that you see people, uh, and I actually made a request to see you. I have a very deformed hand, and I was told that you no longer see patients for um, what you do, and I, I just had a question about that, whether you're still doing it. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. I, I was in private practice for 10 years, and then I, uh, I was up in Cambridge, and I talked with um, a couple of wonderful professors and different people that I respect, and they basically said, now that you've been doing this for 10 years, um, there's now a moral imperative to teach. And so I've, you know, the universe shrinks and expands. So what I did was I, I took a step back. Uh, we created <clears throat> me, 10 physicians, 10 PhDs, several chaplains and several scientists, <clears throat> several attorneys created the Institute for Spirituality and Healthcare in Princeton. And we're doing some research in some specific areas and, and documenting it to meet the requirements of the scientific community and, and teaching hospitals to accept these modalities as efficacious. And then what we're doing is we're creating a fellowship um, where we will be training people in advanced spiritually-based interventions and practices. So. Uh, because I, I only know of several people who are working at this level, and there are, you know, literally uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of requests come in, you know, for healing. Uh, I, I couldn't conceivably, I um, uh, couldn't conceivably meet with everyone who has an issue. And it's very interesting because it, if you read back, um, you know, the philosophy like, you know, why people heal and what the reason for, reason is for healing. And there's a beautiful uh, quote in Dr. Larry Dossi's book, um, The Power of Prayer and Practice of Medicine, uh, in healing, and also in Healing Words. And he quotes um, something, out of, um, uh, something out of the gospel, and it, I, I don't know it offhand, but it basically is they, they asked, uh, uh, <laughs> they asked this um, uh, wandering rabbi why he was healing people, and he basically said, I heal you. Uh, not to heal you, I heal you to make manifest in the world the power of spirit to have dominion over the physical world. And at this point in my life, what I want, my message is that we do have this inherent ability, this capacity to heal, and there are a lot of physicians who want to learn healing, and there's a lot of lay people who want to learn healing, a lot of nurses already doing this. So at this point, I'm, I'm, I devote five days of my uh, week doing research and working on a, on a, a teaching curriculum with, with a team that, that we've assembled here in Princeton. Okay. I, I didn't hear a lot of what you said because I have pretty severe hearing loss, but I'm sure Andre will fill me I'll in. I'll fill you in, Marina. You don't worry. <laughs> um, I do want to say that the gift that you have is very unique, and I, I believe that, you know, there are many people who could probably do what you do, but... Being in the presence of somebody who is able to do it imparts that belief that allows people to recognize that they can do it themselves. And I'm just so interested because there's no surgery that will fix my hand, but I believe that you can you can fix it. And I, you know, I'm sorry to hear that you're not still practicing because it, it is a 
really, really um, special gift. Well, you know, it, 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 you know, speaking on saying you know a special gift, um, I I think that people have uh, you know gifts as uh, great baseball players and great runners and great mathematicians and great uh, let's say fashion designers and whatever, but. But these are these these gifts have to be cultivated and they have to be developed and they have to be they have to be developed. And um, I was recently passing a school and there were 50 people queued up outside, lined up to uh, apply for a fellowship in uh, in music. And um, I think it was violin training or something. And and um, I said to to the host who was hosting me in that town, I said, out of the 50 people who were invited to apply. To this conservatory to uh, to take it. How many people had had tried out? And they said probably several thousand. But so not everyone. I mean, not everyone can sing, but not everyone can be Pavarotti. But there are a lot of very very gifted uh, singers out there. So what I'm saying is, not everybody will achieve the ability to to, to heal on the level uh, on advanced advanced levels. But but I I think we can. We, we're all healers. And some of us can be very good healers, and, and a percentage can be um, very gifted and, and world-class healers. Um, but, um, but uh, you know, I think, I, think if we, I think if there were several thousand healers out there working on uh, the advanced levels, and we, I, I, I do think we will see this because, you know, uh, 10 years ago, uh, medical schools, there was no class on spirituality and health. Now 97% of of medical schools have a class or a lecture on the efficacy of spirituality and health. That's, and that's pretty incredible to hear that. We are, we are mm-hmm. seeing we're, we're moving. We're moving in a certain direction. Well, Marina, thank you very much thank for you. that thank excellent you very much. question. Um, and I think many of us feel that we've been gifted to be able to work at a wonderful place as volunteers here at WERU. And we've uh, been able to sort of manifest this great radio station over the years. I don't know, JP, if you know, but we started in a chicken coop and now we're doing pretty well. But we do need that financial support from all of you listeners. So if you found this show interesting and if you value the opportunity to be able to talk live with such an incredible person as J.P. Farrell, um, please also show us your appreciation through your financial support. We're a wonderful source of information and conversation and we rely on you. And similarly, your friends and neighbors rely on you to support WERU. So please call us with a pledge at 1-800-643-6273 or give online www.weru.org. Well, Thank you for I'm that. I'm going to say something and, and, yes. and that is when okay. I get off this, I'm going to I'm going to have my assistant call and, and make a pledge because I, oh, I think it's so wonderful. important to, have, to know about the healthy options because if you don't even know about the healthy options, you're, you're not going to, to have, learn, know about healthy options. And healthy options are often not shared with us on, let's say, in, on corporate control media. We, we don't hear about those healthy options. You know, there's a, there's a saying in the Hippocratic Oath that every physician takes when they graduate med school, and that is, Hippocratic oath that says, I will create no sins of commission, meaning I won't harm anyone, and I will create no sins of omission. And what that means is me is that physicians are not allowed to create to do sins of omission. That means they can't omit healthy options that have the efficacy to help people. So so I I, I applaud you in, in having the show and dedicating the time 
to educate the public on 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 with information that can benefit their lives and benefit their larger lives, you know, their larger families and also the larger family, uh, you know, humanity. I really think that we need to hear about these healthy options because the current options offered to us ain't cutting it. (laughs) Well, I I think we hear, um, especially um, my two other uh, co-hosts that do other shows on healthy options, um, we all consider it a a privilege and a gift to have this radio station and to be able to volunteer to to do this, um, to educate people about what those those options are. We only have a couple minutes left. We could go on for a very long time, but if you do have one quick phone call, the number, the call-in number is 866-625-9333. Seven eight, and I do think we have another caller on the line. Uh, this may be our last call coming in. Are you there, caller? Uh, well, yes. Okay, caller, can you tell us where we're, you're from and go ahead with your question for JP? I'm in Tennis Harbor and Fred Morrill. Um, I'm, I'm doing something called The Course of Miracles, and um, it certainly is uh, there. My radio is completely off now. Um, listening to this program, uh, I totally parallel course, and um, it, uh, the hardest thing for me was to get over that word miracle, because I was uh, pretty chary about uh, words and meanings, and uh, but once I got over that, um, I'm headed in the right direction, so uh, that's uh, a great path for me, and uh, there are so many paths to uh, uh, for healing. So thanks so much for the program. Thanks. Thanks very much for calling. I, I think that is an interesting point that there's certain words in our culture that we're not used to. And I, um, I, I wanted you to just quickly in the last minute say something about the connection between meditation and spiritual practice and healing. And the caller brought that up very nicely. Um, I, I think that, um, I think that miracles, if you, when you look at when the dictionary is typically defined as uh, um, um, events that happen that defy the, the current understanding of natural law. And those current understanding of natural law, uh, you know, based on science, is evolving and changing every day. So, so, yesterday's, so yesterday's miracle is today's uh, commonplace. Uh, look at flight. Look at airplanes. Look at cell phones. These would all be called you know, these, the, the, even the concept would be considered miraculous. However, now with, 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 with breakthroughs in science and quantum science, we now understand some of the mechanisms that allow the seemingly miraculous to happen and how a person at a higher state of consciousness through meditation, through prayer, through practices can migrate their consciousness at a distance and affect the observed. This is our sacred inheritance. This is our birthright. And um, I think there are people who are doing this all around the the country right now and certainly around the world. And we are seeing a a huge spiritual renaissance uh, because I don't think that your listeners are being fulfilled by sitting at home and playing with their (laughs) their video games. I think I think they're 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 seeking something more. And I think that's going to happen through pursuing their own um, enlightenment and spiritual evolution and growth. Um, JP, would you um, just give us your website where people can go to learn more? Um, it's not my website, but I, I sit on the board of the Institute for Spirituality and Healthcare in Princeton, and the URL is www.spiritualityandhealthcare.org. Or if you just want to, to find the links to get to the, the research we're doing in films, 
you can just Google my name, Joseph Pierce Farrell, and uh, and uh, all those links will come up and to find out where we are doing our research and doing films and books and things. And uh, thank you so much for uh, for having me. And your listeners, uh, great questions, by the way. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope all of your listeners have enjoyed the show and will support us and call in on that pledge uh, call at 1-800-643-6273. Thank you, JP, for being with us on Healthy Options. I know I'll be following you and your research, and hopefully all of us will be following your five steps for manifesting the changes we want to see in the world. For Healthy Options, I'm Andre Bella. Be happy and be well, and thanks for listening.